Hello everyone, welcome to a very special episode of Down the Yellow Brick Pod. Last season, back in 2020, we dove into research illuminating L. Frank Baum's darker shadows, including his racial intolerance evident against indigenous people of South Dakota, where he once lived, in his newspaper editorials prior to writing The Wizard of Oz, fueling tensions that would eventually lead to the massacre at Wounded Knee in 1890. As this part of Baum's history is often omitted, we wanted to investigate further which led us to reaching out to the Friends of the Pine Ridge Reservation, bridging this tragedy in our American history that Baum contributed to, to the people living there today. That led us to meeting Alice Phelps. Alice is an enrolled member of the Ogallala Sioux Tribe located on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation on the southern part of South Dakota. She attended high school on the reservation and also obtained her bachelor's in education where she taught for seven years, then received her master's degree in educational administration where she was an administrator for 17 years on the reservation. She is currently employed at Oglala Lakota College where she is the Indian Education Grant Coordinator working in the education department. She works with education majors striving to attain their degree. She also provides support to assist them in plans to prepare and pass the required proxies for state certification and teaches college classes. She is married to her high school sweetheart, Ted Phelps. They have been married 30 years. They have five beautiful children, two girls and three boys who are all grown. Their youngest is a junior in high school at Little Wound High, and they have seven amazing grandchildren. Alice and Ted are very active in their culture, partaking in the social gatherings of the powwows. Some dance while the boys have a drum group called Eagle Mountain Singers. They used to travel around to attend different powwows across the U.S. and Canada and hope to continue soon after the pandemic. They are also very active spiritually, praying every week in their sweat lodge, which you'll hear more about, and conducting ceremonies when needed. They have their family, Sundance, Rattling Hail, which is named after and in honor of Alice's great-great-grandmother, Rattling Hail, who was a medicine woman. There are seven great medicine people in Alice's lineage. Alice also has a wonderful 501c3 nonprofit, First Families Now, that was started out of necessity for families of the Pine Ridge Reservation. Currently, Pine Ridge is located in the poorest county in the United States, with an 89% unemployment rate and about 17 to 18 people typically living in one two-bedroom home. Infant mortality is 300 times the national average. The average life expectancy for men is 47 and 52 for women. Alice and her family continue to strive to bring healing to their people that are stuck in the cycle of suppression. They want to provide activities that will assist their families to become empowered and to move forward towards a sustainable path for their families. There are a number of ideas, activities, and venues they offer, all with a cultural foundation. You can visit friendsofpineridgereservation.org for more information. We are so grateful to know and speak with Alice with you today. This episode makes evident the fact that the impact of history without reparations can still be felt today. Well, welcome, Alice. We're so happy to have you here on Down the Yellow Brick Pod. Um, And just to start us off, we would love to hear and share with our audience where you are in the world. um, And what is the relationship that you have with the land that you are on? Well, my name is Alice Marie Phelps. 
my Lakota name is Umpokichinajimi, means comes with the Dawn Woman. And I reside here on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation located in the southern part of South Dakota, right in the center of the United States. <laughs> and um, so this is our, our land base here, the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Um, it's a sovereign nation. So we have our own laws and we have our own, you know, jurisdiction. Everything is here. We have our tribal government with our president, vice president, and our council members. So um, we have Pine Ridge Indian Reservations uh, broken into nine districts. And so we are just one of the districts, Porcupine District, which is pretty vast. And um, there's uh, little sub-districts sub to those. And we um, there's probably a population of about oh, 40 to 50,000 enrolled members or, or that reside here. So um, it's a pretty large land base. Um, originally, we had the Great Sioux Nation, which consisted of South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, Montana. You'll, you'll see all of the, the big map there. But um, we had treaties, the 1868 Treaty, uh, Fort Laramie Treaty, and the Great Sioux Reservation was established. I mean, the Great Sioux Nation. And the Black Hills is part of our land base. And that's in South Dakota, that's in Rapid City, probably about an hour, maybe 75 miles north of us here. And all of this was our land, you know, because they kept shrinking it, shrinking it. But we depended on the buffalo and that all roamed through there. There was a, a gap there, Buffalo Gap and all of that, that our people depended on that for everything for the buffalo. But when they found gold in the hills, they uh, moved, they broke that treaty and they put us down. And this used to be called a prisoner of camp. That's what this reservation was originally called. So that's where they moved everybody, forced everybody onto the reservations and nobody was allowed to leave. And they had no more um, hunting, no more leaving the reservation. So they had the people had to depend on subsidies. Well, actually, you know, we had Crazy Horse, our warriors who continued to fight. They fought at the Battle of Little Bighorn. They defeated the U.S. government. They still have that flag, by the way. Wow. And um, then, then as retaliation, Wounded Knee happened as a result. Um, and it was just Bigfoot and his people. And there was just mainly elders and children, you know, older people. But anyway, they were all wiped out there majority of them that's just right right south from here probably about 20 miles but um anyway they had to depend on government subsidies so that's what they did so this land is still all ours here on the reservation and um we currently some of us own parts of it and most most of it's tribal land but you know you can still um put your house on it or you know if you're a tribal member and I own land. I have about 40 acres of my own in my name. And I keep that. And that's where we have our Sundance. But we continue to um, live here on the reservation. And it's our land base. And we continue to practice our traditional ways as much as possible. And, um, you know, we just want to continue to preserve our culture, our language, our land. And also to be able to create some sustainable 
processes for our children and grandchildren. And the key nowadays, back then it was fighting war, you know, trying to fight physically for our land and everything. But today it's education. I'm an educator and I really push education on my family, on my children, on the youth. Um, I've been an educator here on the reservation, first as a teacher for seven years and then as a principal for 17 years. And now I work at the college level in the education department going on my second year. So um, really pushing education because our people are very highly intelligent because we know intelligence is not innate, that they can learn and they can continue to learn and acquire those higher positions out there to try to fight for our rights, our ways, you know, so to keep things preserved and to continue to move forward. So those are what we continue to do, you know, and trying to assist our people the best we can. So that's kind of uh, where we're at with that, you know, and, and all the things we do, there's a lot of things we do. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing the story. Um, That is a part of the now, which I think is just so important to always be presencing and learning from history and everything that you just shared. Yeah. So vital. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit more about your organization that you have first family? We are so inspired the work you do. Yeah. Um, just want to continue to what we do is while I was an administrator, you know, I saw firsthand the struggles out in the communities and the homes and the situations that many, the majority of our people faced. And it was just really disheartening because, you know, it's like 89% unemployment. There are no economic, you know, very little economic development or no little, you know, because it, the only places that offer employment, you must have a degree, either the schools or the hospital, you know, so there's really nothing in between. And um, so it's just really tough seeing how everybody's struggling. And it's just a cycle of suppression that continues to linger here over many people. And it's really hard to lift that and to get past that because we have to heal all the atrocities and traumas that have occurred still linger and is still felt generationally. So I feel like we can get past that. We can heal. We have to accept and acknowledge what happened and make changes, learn from it. We got to educate our people and continue to move forward. So we need to do what we can. But for now, you know, we established a closed closet food pantry so that we can help people with their immediate needs and necessities. And in the schools, we have established these. I'm no longer working in the schools, but a lot of the donors that I've been working with continue to want to assist and help. And they, we've really built that relationship over the years because I've been working with Friends of Pine Ridge, the website, uh, Friends of Pine Ridge, Chris Levin. I've been working with her for about 20 years since she first started. You know, she reached out and we were able to work together. And she's amazing. I call her my angel, <laughs> but she really helps to develop these websites, these um, drives. So she was able to help all along throughout everything we needed. And now she continues to help. So we, through a generous donor, we were able to create our building. Um, So now we have a place for first families now. 
and we we um, attained our 501c3 certification or we're registered now and um, everything's all good with that and we continue to do drives like today every Wednesdays we give out food boxes to the families and we have clothes closets. we do different drives now um, we're doing we started out with with baby shoes and toddlers and little ones now we're starting out with teenagers teenage size shoes so we can give out shoes and clothes and um, now we want to offer classes. So my daughter um, connected with a young lady out of New York who is a ballet dancer. And she came out and did class for us. And we got to bring some little girls in. And it was so wonderful because we don't have things like that here. So it was wonderful for her to put on a ballet class. And um, now she she continues that through Zoom. So every Saturday at one o'clock, they have their little ballet classes and they we send the link out to others and we have a little ballet bar in the in the um, building. So it's just really wonderful that we can make these connections and offer these types of classes. And we want to continue to offer different activities, cooking classes. We want to have, have cooking classes to prepare healthy foods because of the high rate of um, you know, health issues that we face here as well. The average life expectancy for females is 40. I mean, for males is 47, females is 52. That's just so young. I mean, I'm 50 years old and I can't even imagine that, you know. Um, I still feel like I'm in my prime. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, so that's just alarming those numbers and with the infant mortality rate 300 times higher than the national average. And, you know, all of these alarming statistics, I said, it, it doesn't have to be this way. So we want to continue to try to offer courses and classes that will help to shift, you know, create a, um, a movement. You know, we want to have a paradigm shift. You know, we want to shift everything and let people realize their own power and understand, you know, that you don't have to be on a survival basis every day just to survive. Let's create some plans and, you know, self-care and, and healing and um, sustainable processes, gardening, you know, we have, we're going to have gardening classes here coming up. Uh, so, you know, there's just a lot of different directions to go and it's unlimited. I'm also working with, um, students from Cornell University, their engineering department, and we're trying to construct tiny homes to try to provide some uh, relief for our, you know, for the shortages of homes. So just different avenues and also trying to partner with others, uh, provide support, um, seek support. Right now we're working on uh, establishing a GoFundMe for an addition for our building for the food pantry because it's much too small right now that we can't, we don't, we only have um, non-perishable items, but we would really like to offer fresh fruits and vegetables and also some meat protein. So we'll, we're trying, we need a walk-in freezer, walk-in cooler and storage area for that. Uh, Cause currently we're in a food desert. We don't have access to fresh fruits and vegetables. It's probably the nearest Walmart is like 70 miles in any direction. Um, some of the, we have one common sense, but they're usually out of the fresh fruits and vegetables. They just have a little area and there's really not, it's, I mean, I don't know how fresh it is either, but you know, it's, it is what it is. And we just need to try to 
do things. And I know as we've been moving along, my daughters and I just, you know, sometimes we go live on Facebook to try to talk a little bit about more who we are and what we have upcoming. And we also um, are going to, we provide sewing. We're going to do sewing classes and we've done some sewing, you know, we make the traditional ribbon skirts and star quilts and all that stuff. So we're looking forward to, to moving forward with all of these. Also the storytelling elders, Elders want to come in and tell their story. You know, there's oral stories handed down from generations and um, it's so valuable and we want to continue. We started that. We had a couple of sessions before the pandemic hit and we haven't done it again. And they keep asking, when can we come back? Because they they really look forward to it. We have elders come and enjoy themselves, just a place to relax and have some snacks and coffee and they could bring something to share if they like, and just take turns telling stories. And it was just so nice. They felt so good. And it gave them a place to go and do something, you know? So we want to do that again. And I asked them if next time, if we could start recording and they said, yeah, so we want to start recording these sessions. So it'll be really interesting to capture all of that history. Yeah. So a lot of things, a lot of things we want to do. <laughs> yes, I I love the instrumental part of healing too and all of this. Could you share a little bit of like what that is actively looking like and how healing is held in this yeah. process of the work that you are doing with the resources you have? How is healing held in that? Well, I know that People have been wanting to have a place just to hang out like the elders. So we want to, we're going to start talking circles for the men. Men need a place to go and an outlet as well. And then also for the women too, we want to do those. But right now, what we currently do is we, we have the sweat lodge and that's where we go and people come and we, we talk about what the significance is, the sweat lodge, how it's even, everything has a significance down to the willows that build the sweat lodge. There's a story with that. And before you even can harvest that, you have to pray, put offer tobacco before you harvest it, you know, everything. Cause we're all connected. Nobody's greater than the other. We all need each other to survive to the plants, the animals, every minute thing, everything is so important and so relevant to us that You have to have that respect and it'll have a respect for you too. You have to give that offering for everything you do and everything there. Nothing is ever a coincidence. Nothing is ever an accident. Everything happens for a reason and that you you should learn the lessons, whether they're hard or whether they're easy or whatever, there's always something to learn and you have to just be aware of it, make yourself more open-minded about it. And um, so we talk about the willows the coverings, the rocks, that the hot rocks, those are our grandfathers and those tell a story too. So you put the hot rocks in the center. The water is life. That's our first medicine. And you, you drink that water and that water, you, when you, when you're sick, not feeling well, you drink water, you pray with that water and you tell that water what you want it to do. I want you to heal me. I want you to take, because it's a life too. And it's our first medicine. And you give a little offering every morning. I, I put a little coffee up out on my um, window seal because that's for the spirits. They're all around us. And 
you let them know that um, you're looking out for me. I want to take care of you too, you know? And so I always put a little coffee out and pray because the spirits are real. They're around. Sometimes they'll let you know they're here just so you don't forget. And they remind you, you're not alone. And um, so when the, when we all go in to the sweat lodge, we all go in and you say, Mitakuyasi or all my, all my relations is what it translates in English. Oyasi. And you all come in and sit down. You're in mother's womb. That sweat lodge represents a mother's womb. And you're in there praying. And you know, a mother's love is unconditional. And that it's like a, it reminds me of like a counseling session almost because you're in there. It's dark. The rocks come in. There's four rounds. The med, there's a person praying. He could either be a medicine man or just a common man or a woman. And they're praying and they're the ones that start kind of run the session. So we always close the door. That's called the first round. And um, we always start out with praying to the four or singing the song of the four directions. You acknowledge every direction, starting with the West, the North, the East and the South. And each of those have the animals. You have the Wakiyas or the thunder beings of the West, the North. We have the Tatanka or the Buffalo, which brings us sustenance. And then we have the East, the Elk Nation. And then the South is um, everything. Walmart, it's everything. And the, the, um, the stars and the Milky Way, we acknowledge that because that's when we pass on, that's where we go through the Milky Way to go home. And that's our belief. And what's above is below is above. It's all a reflection. It's all. So everything that comes to us is manifested is already there out in, you know, it's already there, but it comes to us for a reason. And we manifest it and make it happen. So anything you ever want, anything you ever want to pray about, the spirits hear you, but you have to open that portal. You have to acknowledge it and, and it will be so if you have that belief. So when they pour the water on the rocks, the steam comes up and that's when you say your prayers and the steam takes your prayers up to Tungashila or to God. So everything you pray about, and then you'll hear the rocks kind of, um, you can hear the sounds of the rocks, you know, with the water steaming around it and everything. And that's what you got to listen to because they're talking to you and they're telling you a story and stuff. So if you really pay attention, you know, you can hear things. So it gets to be pretty deep and complex. There's a lot more to it, but anyway, <laughs> that's part of the healing. So everybody takes turn. There's a second round. Every That's a prayer round. Everybody takes turns praying. They can cry. They do everything they do. The third round is a healing. You think of all, all of those that need the healing, pray for that. And then the fourth round is you sing songs of um, thanks. You give thanks and happy songs and you just feel good. And everything you prayed about and cried about, you leave it there. You leave everything there because when you come out, you're new, you're reborn and it's a new day. And you don't dwell on all those heavy things that you left there, because if you carry it, you take it with you again, then, you know, you just did that for nothing. <laughs> you wow. have to have faith in God that God will take care of it. And you leave it there and they'll take care of the rest. So when you have that faith and belief, then you, it's going to be a lot easier. I know the spirits tell us we make things more complicated than they even need, need to be. So, <laughs> but, um, so that's what we do every Wednesdays is our day. Like tonight, we're going to have sweat. So, you know, we always look forward to it because it's always nice to renew every week, you know, because life does get to be heavy. So, oh, and especially 
the pandemic, <laughs> but we continue to pray and have faith. Of yeah. course. I was going to ask like when they happen, if it's ever in conjunction with like the moon phases mm-hmm. and the renewal, but I sometimes like- it is. we stay consistent every Wednesdays and okay. once in a while we'll have a ceremony if we need to. And I know we have Sundance comes up and it's every year. And, um, that that's coming up June 30th is all tree day where we get the new tree for it. And then we dance July 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th for four days. And that's, and you're dancing, um, you're, you're, uh, fasting, you're fasting and you don't drink all day and it's in the hot sun, everything. But at night when the sun goes down, you can have a little bit of something to, to drink, but it's very powerful out there. You could feel the energy. Yeah. It's all about praying. You're praying the whole time. So wow, it's really beautiful. And it's been done thousands of years and we're really blessed to continue to keep it going, to continue. That's one of the sacred rites is the sacred rites of the Sundance, the sacred rites of the sweat lodge and the sacred rites of there's other things. There's making of relatives called junta ceremonies. There's, um, keeping of the spirit. So when someone passes on, you keep their spirit for one whole year and then you release it. There's all these different um, uh, sacred rites that we have in our, and then also um, becoming throwing of the ball when a young girl has her time and she's just starting out, she's transitioning into a woman. And when the young men, when their voice starts changing, they hit puberty. There's a ceremony for that too. And we're planning one of those actually, and it usually in the spring, like about, so next month we we're putting up some teepees because we have our own teepees too. We're putting teepees up and we're bringing in young girls. So we're going to have about five young girls who are ready for this ceremony and they stay in the teepees for four days, but every day there's a teaching for them. We're going to have elders. This is where elders come into play. So they'll come in and talk to them about how to carry themselves in a respectful manner. You know, you no longer can climb all over your male cousins and wrestle and, you know, all of this because you have to really be mindful and um, you have to, you know, just different little protocols. And also they teach them how to uh, make moccasins and how to do beadwork. So they're in there beading and doing things. They teach them how to prepare this, the traditional foods they talk about um, the medicine. So they really do a lot of teaching in there for these girls on the four days. Then the last day is the bigger TP where everybody comes, all their families, their parents, all everybody come in a big circle. And the, the person who's putting on the ceremony will, will talk to them and there'll be a, a line drawn across. So it's just kind of symbolism where they're here and then they're pushed across the line. They're now a young woman. So it's a, a ceremony where you can visually see and it's and it's celebrating their their womanhood and talking about that when they're on their time, they're at a sacred time. So that's when they aren't supposed to cook or supposed to do anything like that because they're in a sacred time right now. They're too powerful that they might get somebody sick if they did something. So you have to really be mindful, keep a balance. And you're never supposed to step over anybody's clothes or shoes or food or anything. If it's on the floor, you walk around it. You know, you just have to really be mindful now how you carry yourself. And um, 
really talking about the sacred pipe, the Chinupa that was brought to us by the white buffalo calf woman and how you carry yourself like a Chinupa. You always carry it in your heart and you just always, but at the same time, you're a warrior woman. You stand up for your rights when you have to, you do what you have to do, you know? So all of these things are <laughs> to them. So it's really beautiful. Yeah. Wow. These girls. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we've got the planned. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's so impactful to hear about your, your process of healing, reconnecting with nature, spirits, each yeah. other, like these simple things that run so deep. Um, yeah. How we're all connected. All yeah. of us were yeah. all connected. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Would you mind sharing a little bit about the, what it's like to visit the memorial at Wounded Knee and maybe the process of healing that's still ongoing? Yeah. So, um, like I said, the Wounded Knee gravesite, it's a mass grave. It's huge. And it's got a fence around it currently by me. You can go in. And it's just... Uh, for me, because I'm very, I can, I, I don't know, I feel a lot of energy. And um, so when I, I always feel a sadness and a heaviness when I go in and you see all the names in there, and then you see the pictures, you see the pictures as well, you know, and so it's right there, it's on the hill and everybody can see it, you know, like no matter from what direction it's right there. So everyone, you know, sees it it's there and um it's felt and it's just um an atrocity that happened right here in the middle of the united states you know and um innocent women and children there were no weapons there were no no nothing and yet all these soldiers that's the most confederate um awards or whatever that was handed out in history they were all given and uh, I don't know, some kind of award for that. So it was just, yeah, Medal of Honor. So it's just really heavy. And to hear the oral stories from the elders that they heard from there. So there were some survivors that hid in the ravines that were able, some had no arms, missing limbs, and they made it to the next home or, you know, something. And um, so you hear some of the stories. And as a matter of fact, in at the college at Oglala Lakota College, they have the they have an area where they keep all of the uh, documents and old what is that like the Heritage Center? Um, anyway, there's a recording they have from way back. It was recorded on when it was wax or whatever, but they recorded some of the survivors telling their stories. So, but it's all in Lakota, so you can hear some old grandma talking about when she was a little girl and how what she went through, how that was firsthand. So there are actual, yeah, in the archives department up there. So yeah, just to listen to some of that, it's really heartbreaking to hear firsthand. And we're very, very spiritual people. And we have our ceremonies where they're thousands of years old, and we still have the connection. We're very blessed to be able to still have that connection where we communicate directly with the spirits. And they tell us some of the stories too. So they've told us firsthand what happened that morning, exactly how it happened. 
And it was real sad that we just had to sit there and listen to it to, And we were crying. It was so sad. But it was told by one of the people that passed away there. He was telling about his sister and his seeing his mother and father and his sister die and everything that happened and how it happened and what happened. So we kind of learn a little bit about our history through the ceremonies as well. They tell us about it. And also they tell us how to continue to move forward. And education is the key, you know, because we don't want to repeat history. But at the same time, we want to prepare ourselves, you know, for anything. And, um, you know, when these treaties were made, there's this treaty that was made about the reservation and about providing education and health care and all that. And when that treaty was made, you know, there was, um, of course, the language barrier. The Lakotas didn't understand. And so they had the translators, but it was a whole process. During the time this treaty was made, they had to go, uh, they had ceremony every night and the spirits are the ones that told them what to do, how to do it, just to make sure that this one didn't get, there was no way around it. So that's the one we have today that we continue to, that the, the government has to abide by. So I know we're probably a thorn in the government's side because they have to honor this. And, um, but anyway, that's, that's how a lot of, a lot of these things were dependent upon the spirits to help with uh, making these decisions and stuff because of the language barrier and everything else. So, but um, I'm, I'm a very optimistic person. I always see, I, I acknowledge the, the negative things that happen, but at the same time, it's time to heal. It's time to, to put some processes in place for our future generations because life really does happen quickly. I mean, I'm already 50 and I thought, man, time sure flies. <laughs> it really does. And I always tell my, my daughters, I'm like, enjoy your little ones because they grow fast. <laughs> but, you know, we, wanna, we want to continue to, to be active and to be proactive and to provide um, things for our people on the reservation and to invite them and to do what we can. And I really focus on the youth. That's why I went into education, really focusing on the youth because that's where we need to plant those seeds so they can continue to cultivate and grow and um, thrive and, and learn about it. You know, because I remember teaching when I was a teacher and I taught eighth grades, they didn't really know what was what about wounded knee and what was going on. And they were lost. Many of them, I, they were into gangs. I had gangs in there different ones. They didn't really know much about the culture. So we did a lot of um, learning about wounded knee. We read the book black elk speaks and it created a new pride within them. They were really excited to learn more. They wanted to know, we took a trip out there. We went up there and they really saw and it's like they see it, they know it's there, but they never really knew the story. And when they were up there, they got to see it in new eyes and understanding. And um, it just really had an impact on them. And they wanted, you know, they know that they didn't want this to happen again. We have to learn. We have to learn and be educated. This is the way that we fight battles today is through education. Learn about the treaties, learn about the government, learn about the process, be a part of it, you know, be that change. 
and don't sit there and wait for someone else to do it for you. Be proactive, make things happen, work together, network. And so we learned a lot and we continue to do those things and offer those. And I'm so happy because my daughters work with me. We all work together. Ashley, she's 32, Victoria, 29. And then I have my three boys. They help as well, too, because, you know, we're pretty much volunteer basis. So they travel. um, They all load up the boxes, the donations. They haul them to the different districts. Yesterday, we took to one district that was pretty far away that hardly gets gets recognized because they're so small and they're very out, um, very remote. So they were they were happy to receive um, clothing and shoes and food. So my sons took those out there yesterday and they just load up on my husband's horse trailer. (laughs) He has a horse trailer that they load everything up in and they take around and deliver. And so and we always invite people to come pray with us. If you want to come sweat, it's up to you. You know, we don't force anyone to do anything and you just come in and no matter we just believe there's a higher power, a higher spirit. And however you pray is up to you, you know, and um we call God to Gashila and the angels to us are the spirits, you know, and uh, we, we see, we see the, it's all energy. They come in as lights and they're flashing all over the place. And uh, it's all good. You feel good. It's positive. They bring messages. If there's people that need doctoring, they'll bring, they'll tell, you know, they bring all the messages they need to. They go through that person's genealogy they go through their history and they'll tell them what, what they need to know. So it's a real powerful way of life. It, it really is. Yeah. So much. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, it's always like painful history. It's just painful history and there's no getting around it. How you just spoke about how this also helps the younger generations also take pride in their in their history Mm -hmm. and identity of where they come from and just the good ancestor work that you are doing is so inspiring to listen to um wow it's like there's not many words Every time we talk to you, I'm like, I can't say anything. I'm just robbed of words and just grateful. The songs too. Songs are very significant in our culture and powerful because there's a song for everything. And (laughs) when we're in the sweat and the ceremony, singing the ceremony songs that are thousands of years old, we sing the songs and the spirits always say, all the answers are in that song. If you listen to that song, all the answers you ever need are in the songs. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. And um, another thing we do is called humblecha. So that usually happens right before Sundance. Where we go out and you uh, fast by yourself for about up to four days. I usually do about two days, <laughs> wow. but you're out there and and it's an it's, it's peaceful, it's calm, and you really do connect with nature. I mean, you really do connect with everything around you. And it's just really nice for the soul, for the spirit, and for your mind, and for your relationship with God. And to Gashila, you're praying. And um, so we do that. And usually it's, I, I pray really hard for 
the youth or people that are sick or my family members or whatever it is, you know, we all have something. There's always someone to to pray for. And also for yourself, you got to remember to take care of yourself, self-love, take care of yourself and um, ask for strength. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, the way that it was taught to me was that you pray to the higher power. It's like a cell phone. I'm very visual. (laughs) It's like a cell it's like a cell phone the the um connection you pray you're charging that person up you're praying for like a cell phone that you're the cord and tukashila is the 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 power and every time you pray for somebody you're charging them up with um with with whatever they need so it's it really is like that (laughs) so that's pretty cool i also love what you said earlier about speaking to water like what you specifically need if you need healing from water if you are feeling a sickness to tell the water Mm -hmm. I like there's just such power in like the way you are describing and it's our first medicine yeah that's that's a realization to remind myself like I I often have to remind myself breath is medicine water is medicine these things that could just be taken for granted because they're just in a cup it's in a cup next to you I'm breathing not thinking Mm -hmm. but it is just so beautiful to put that value back into Mm -hmm. um and that's what they always say too when we have our healing ceremonies and like let's say somebody has cancer and they need to be healed well the spirits will heal them they'll put a medicine in them but they also tell the medicine man what roots and plants to Mm -hmm. put together and how to prepare it and when it's put together, they tell that person, when you drink this, you tell it what you want it to do. You tell it how to heal you to take that cancer far away where no one can get it and what to do. And it'll do that. But you have to put all your intentions in it, all your prayers, your sincerity, all of that. And you do that in, in with your water, too. So, yeah, it's like after all the prayer. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. All of and, and it's not a religion. It's a way of life. You're walking yes. in a prayer every day. Way of life. Yep. Yeah. Alice. Oh my gosh. I could be here all day. Alice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's just an honor. I just want to thank you guys because it's really an honor to, to be here and to share and um, just to share a little bit about who we are. And I just love people all the way. I love to learn about everybody and love to learn things and, and to know that we're all connected and beautiful. And we're all here to learn. This is um school of hard knocks. We're here to learn. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, we know so. you because of the wizard of Oz, which is so wild. Like yeah. if we really want to peel crazy. back, like we know you because of this book that we are like deeply um, yeah, we are, it's almost like a Bible for <laughs> our imaginations. Like that's yeah. what we grew up with. It's something yeah. rooted in us. Yeah. And now as two people who want to be caretakers of this now, like ancient fairy tale mm-hmm. in American history, also like peeling back the curtain on the author's past and learning about some of the things that have been kept in secret a little bit, just not as out in the light of his history when it, when it comes to, um, being having an active involvement in the massacre at Wounded, at Wounded Knee. And the fact that like the Wizard of Oz has brought us together 
in its own wild yellow brick road that definitely is not one that I would want to walk, but I'm happy to walk because it does offer this bridge here. And and I see all the connections. Yes. Because the yellow brick road, we have the red road. It's called <laughs> the red road. And that's, and that's the road um, that you walk. And it's not easy. It's hard. But you do your best to stay focused on the red road. And that's with prayer. And that's to be a good relative. It's to be a good relative and to walk, you know, with your head up and and walk like the buffalo. The buffalo is the first one to go walk into a storm. They're the first one to face that storm head on with walking through it because they know that they'll get through it faster. And they walk with that sustenance and that determination and that strength and they do it together. And when there's, we, we, we really, we really look at the Buffalo a lot because we feel like we come from the Buffalo nation. And when there's danger, the, the male Buffaloes always surround the female and the calves. So it's always like that. So we always emulate that process. And also we love the weather, the, where we come from the thunder beans and the, tornadoes, all of that is sacred to us because we call it humani, humani. That means the whirlwind and the whirlwind comes to clear things up. I mean, it does come like a, dis, like, it does look like it's gonna be destroying things, but to us, it comes to create a path and to bring new growth, to bring new development, to bring a new beginning. So that's how we we look at things too. So it takes, it takes away the negativity to us. So that's how we look at, because in our culture, there's positive and negative. There has to be, cause there has to be a balance. So we look at that when something that seems negative comes through, there's always a positive that that's there, that that's a result. It creates, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but we have to have that for a balance and it's in everything and every culture everywhere. So if yeah. you're a negative person and you think bad thoughts and you throw that energy out there, it's going to come back to you like a boomerang and it's going to hit you 10 times harder. So you really have to watch how you carry yourself, how you say, and even if people are negative to you and it's so hard, but I remember my med- my grandpa who was a medicine man, And then when I would cry to him, say, so-and-so is being mean to me, or this is going on with me, he would always say, my girl, next time you see them, you shake their hand. And I was like, I don't want to shake their hand. And he said, it's really hard to be Lakota, but you got to be, you pray for them because they're having a hard life. They're having a hard time. Something's going on. So they have to be that way. So you just pray for them. And that's theirs. It's not you. It's not about you, but you can shake their hand or you can just say hi. And that's it. You don't have to be buddy, buddy, but pray for them. They're having a hard time. I'll be like, okay, but I never really understood. But as I get older, I, I start to understand what he means. (laughs) So yeah, it's all about being a good relative and, and praying for people. And I know when you get hurt, you're going to feel it. I'm sensitive. I'll cry. I'll feel bad. And I'll be like, okay, I'm, I'm good now. I, I got to realize that's not mine. And you just got to pray got to pray for people and life's too short to dwell on, on that anyway. So (laughs) that's what I try to model and teach my children, grandchildren. Even when you were speaking, like 
about the destructive whirlwinds. I was like, this is exactly the imagery of Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. like just in different mm-hmm. ways. And I think this is what's just so cool about storytelling and these mm-hmm. stories that are so intrinsically similar, but different at the same time mm-hmm. that if we just can clear away some of the cobwebs, we can see like we are the same. Mm-hmm. We are the same with people <laughs> that have like that, you know, I think just having these kinds of discussions about like existence and like what are the how do we look at the storms ahead and walk no to walk through this is the stuff Mm -hmm. that allows me the next time a storm comes up i'm prepared but without like these Mm -hmm. sharing these stories i don't feel prepared right um yeah yep and that's a gift that you just gave us and all of the people we can't see right now Mm -hmm. our listeners so we thank you for that. Thank yeah. Thank you. And I want to thank all your listeners for tuning in to you. You guys are so wonderful and great. And there's always something to learn every time you have your podcast. And yeah, so I'm excited. Um, I learn, I listen as well. And I'm excited to learn different things. So I always want to learn about different cultures, different perspectives, different ideas. Just like, you know, we learn a little bit of something all the time. And every day is a learning experience of something. So I always feel good. If I can learn something, no matter what it is, then I feel like I've accomplished something that day. (laughs) So it's pretty good. Thank you, Alice. We are just, thank you guys. So great. We're very honored. Thank you. My honor, my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. If you're feeling frisky with your fingertips, scroll on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a glowing rate and review. Each person who leaves us a review will be entered to win our end-of-the-season Oz giveaways, including a gift basket of musical adaptation goods, which, trust me, you aren't going to want to miss. All previous reviews will also be considered in our entries. We see you. Until next time, catch us at Down the Yellow Brick Pod in our Technicolor scrapbook on IG and partying on our Patreon. Gratitude to our patrons of present and future for making more magic possible. Let's escape to Oz soon, okay? TTYL.